Welcome to Data and Dev. We're your hosts, Melissa and John. Join us as we cover the broad landscape of technology through interviews and analogy. So, John, I've been pondering lately. When I open my computer and type in google.com or in the morning when I grab my phone and go to the weather app to see if it's going to rain today, how does that information get on my computer or get to my phone and where does that information even come from? Today on Data and Dev, John and I talk about the network layers and protocols that power the internet with plenty of lame analogies. I know it's something I think about and I realize I take for granted almost all the time that there's this whole infrastructure to the internet of how the data gets across between devices and that, you know, as we talk about, or as people talk about the cloud, there is actual machines and actual connections and networks that help get this data from one place to another. So that's a great topic to dive into about how the internet protocols enable machines to talk to each other, to send and receive information, to make sure it gets to its target locations. And I think we can go through that at a high level, understanding uh, how this all works together. And then we can dig in layer by layer into the details, into the weeds of how the internet works. That sounds great. Let's dive in. Before we dive in too deep, I think we probably need to start with an understanding of kind of the two ends of the process. So when I grab my phone or turn on my computer, my machine is where I see the information, but that information is coming from somewhere. And that somewhere is another machine that stores the information. Your machine, where you see it, might be your iPad, might be your laptop, your desktop, whatever device it is. And that's typically referred to as the client. And that is interacting with a machine that has the information, which is typically referred to as the server. And so your device, your client, needs to interact with the server. And there's multiple layers and steps that allow that information to travel from the client to the server and back again. Awesome. And it's that traveling, those steps and those layers in between that we're really going to dive into today. Okay, I'm a visual person and I need some kind of a concrete mental image to wrap my head around some of these tech concepts. So I was thinking about a skateboard ramp recently, not because I can skateboard, but because I saw one recently. And skateboard ramp, at least the most simple kind, the one I think of anyway, is two sloping sides that are opposite each other. And in between, there's kind of a valley. So some adventurous skateboarder is going to start at the top of one side. They're going to push off on their skateboard. They're going to zoom and travel down that one side go through that valley and eventually come up the other side. I love that image. I also, I I think of how you swim across the length of a pool and not on the surface, but as an adventurous swimmer, you might climb down the ladder into the deep end. You might dive into the deep end, go down along the, the bottom to the other side, and then you come up and go out, exit on the ladder on the other side of the pool. Awesome. Okay. So I love mental pictures. Hopefully one of those two pictures is resonating with you right now. And you can cling to one of those because as we discuss the internet protocols that enable information to travel to and from your computer across the internet, we're going to visualize that information traveling either like a skateboarder or like a swimmer going down one side across and then up the other side. 
So in both these cases, each end that you're looking at, either each end of the skateboard ramp or each end of the pool, is a computer, one side being the client, the other side being the server. Information, in our analogy here, which is the, the skateboard or the swimmer, that information travels down the ramp, across the valley, and up the other. Or the information climbs down one pool wall, travels the water, and up through to the other side. And so in a similar way, information travels across the internet. So a request leaves your computer, travels down a number of network layers, travels across the wires and the cables, which is the physical aspects of the internet. And eventually, after going through machines, will eventually arrive at the computer that has the information you want. And your request travels up through those network layers to successfully arrive at the server. Awesome. So the internet is like a swimmer or a skateboarder. Not quite. Okay, now that we have a, a big picture view of how information travels, let's define a few terms so that we can be more precise. So we already mentioned client and server. John, what are client and server? So the client and the server are the two machines on either end of the connection process. The client is asking for the information and the server is delivering that information. So the client, anything that I might interact with as a normal general user, that's going to be a client machine. So whether it's my computer or my smartphone, that's where I'm viewing information. Precisely. Two other companion words are often request and response. What do those mean? So when there's a connection between a client and a server, one side, the client is going to make the request and that request will be the information specifically that they are looking to get or the action that they want to take. And that request will get sent across to the server who will then read the request and formulate the correct response, which is either to deliver the information that was requested or to provide a response on the status of the action that was taken. Okay, so when I go to my phone in the morning and I go to my weather app and I pull up my city, my phone is making a request on my behalf to give me weather data. And the weather server is responding to that request with the information I'm looking for. Okay, before we go into more detail, we should probably remember that all information across the internet is literally ones and zeros binary. Everything is binary. Every picture you see, every word you read, every audio file you hear, all of it is encoded as binary strings. Just yes, no, on, off, current, no current, one, zero encodings. Exactly. And when we're talking about a request or information passing across the internet, we're talking about these strings of zeros and ones that are combined in a specific way to form specific data. Okay, so going back to that, the skateboard ramp or the pool, when the diver jumps in or when the skateboarder pushes off, it's a person traveling. In the internet scenario, it, it's a one or a zero. So the skateboarder may travel across that ramp. Well, your information traveling across the internet is just a combination of ones and zeros. Did we lose you yet? I hope not. Hang in with us, and I promise this will all come together by the end. This is a tough topic to cover without the benefit of visuals, but have no fear. Lame analogies to the rescue. Remembering that everything is binary will become more apparent in a moment. But when you're on your computer, when I'm on my computer typing in some search, what is visually displaying to me 
is considered the application layer. So now we're talking about the different network layers that enable communication between a client and a server. And the top layer, it's considered the top layer, the layer that the user, you or I, are most interacting with is considered the application layer. Why might it be called the application layer? So it's called the application layer because the applications that are written, the programs that are written, are operating on this level of our many network layers. So they're at the very top. They're the layer that's the app that we're running on our phone, or it's the browser that we're running on our laptop. Okay, so that's Swimmer, going back to that analogy, because I need that mental image. That swimmer standing on the side of the pool in the deep, deep end, they are standing on the application layer. We're going to stretch this analogy. At the other end of the internet protocols would be the, the water or the bottom of the pool where the traversal actually takes place. And within the internet, with the swimmer, it's the water that they're traversing through. With the internet, it's physically wires and cables that are connected to each other, that those ones and zeros are traveling through. And when we think about the internet today, you know, so much of it is wireless. We're getting on the Wi-Fi at home or in the coffee shop. We, it's easy for us to forget that there is that physical component. There are those literal wires and cables and cords through which all the ones and zeros, all the bits are traveling. So for us in this analogy, the water in the pool or to go back to the skateboarder, the, the valley in that ramp, that can be considered the physical layer, that very bottom, very basic layer. I've got an even more visual analogy for anybody that has swam in an outdoor pool, backyard pool, just some outdoor pool that's not heated or not that fancy. In the middle of the summer, the top few inches at least of the water is pretty warm. And when you go past a certain threshold, it's cold. No matter how hot it is outside, there's always like a threshold where it gets cold. And you can think of, again, we have the application level at the top, we have the physical layer at the bottom, and then there are multiple layers in between. So think about going in the water from warm to cold, you're going from the application layer down through a few layers to the physical layer at the very bottom and just get cold when you think physical layer. Right. Yeah. So let's fill in those details around those layers. Okay. So we have a few more terms I think we need to understand. Session is an important term when we're talking about the internet connection. What is session and why do I need to know about it? And the session is what makes the connection possible. So once both ends of, that, of a connection, once the client and the server have acknowledge each other, then they have, now they're engaged in a session so that they continue to share information back and forth. The transport layer is where we encounter probably one of the most well-known protocols in the internet. It's TCP. John, what does TCP stand for and what does it do for us? TCP is the delivery service. It stands for Transport Control Protocol. And so the control part of this is that the delivery service will guarantee delivery of the information, make sure it gets from one endpoint to the other, ensures that all the information gets there. And then typically because the data has to get broken up into smaller bytes uh, that we call packets, it also makes sure that the data gets there in order so that it can be reassembled into its original form. So it's a mail service that never loses its mail. That sounds amazing. 
Okay, so we started in the application level. We traveled through the, the session layer. We traveled through the transport layer utilizing TCP. And now we're going to go to the network layer where TCP's best friend lives, IP. We often hear TCP, IP together as if it's one thing, but it is not. So what is IP and how is it distinct from TCP? See, IP is the internet protocol associated with what you typically hear when you say the IP address. IP address is part of the internet protocol. And TCP being a delivery service works on top of the internet protocol, which is, you could call it the roads of this delivery service. It's the roads of the internet of all the machines and how they network with each other, of the physical wires and cables, as well as the wireless connections. And it's the internet protocol provides a way to calculate a route for the information to take. Okay, and I think it's important to emphasize that each of these layers are separate from each other. They are independent of each other. Now they work together and they pass information to each other, which we'll talk about, but IP does not worry about TCP's job. TCP's job is to guarantee delivery. IP says, that's not my problem. I'm gonna make sure that there's a route and TCP is going to do its job. Actually, IP doesn't even know what TCP's job is. It just knows what its job is, and it does it well. The same with TCP. TCP makes sure that delivery happens. If packets are lost, it handles that. We'll talk about that in a, in a few moments. But just remember, each of these layers are completely distinct from each other. We will be talking about TCP and IP and how they work separately and how they share or pass information to each other in the next episode. But for today, just remember that these layers are distinct and get the, our goal today is that big picture overview of how information is traveling across the internet. Okay, so John, what kind of information are we sending and receiving? I mean, I am getting my weather information and I'm getting my Google search in the morning, but what else can we do? What other information can we pass across the internet? Yeah, it's just sort of mind boggling the number of things that you can do online between you know, social media, between online e-commerce, just a wide variety of things that can be done. However, when it comes down to these connections between our machines on the internet, there's a relatively small number of requests that can be made from a client to the server. So all of these interactions that we make typically fall into one of a handful of, of tasks. I think I've heard about this. Uh, for a software developer, CRUD is a term that's thrown around. It stands for create, retrieve, update, and delete. And it's supposed to be a short, catchy way to remember the different types of requests that can be made across the internet. Is that what you're talking about? Right. So you can think about it in the way that you interact with social media platforms. Create, you can create a post by putting up some information onto the server. Retrieve, maybe you can view uh, what today's highlights are or what your friends have posted. Update, you can go back to something that was already created and you can add more information or change the information, edit the caption. And delete, which is then to take it down and remove the content that you put up there. So the create, retrieve, update, delete, these follow the main types of requests that you can make on the internet. And each of these map to a specific keyword that's used for the requests, right? So if I'm creating a new social media post, I am literally making a post request. 
So post is the request type that is being made to create this new content. If I am retrieving, I'm making a get request. So every time I go to a website for the first time or the second time, if I just go to a website, I'm making a get request to that website to get the content of that website. When I'm updating data, I'm making a patch request. Think about um, I own a home and I have children and they might holes in the walls because they are boys and they roughhouse and I have to patch, I have to fix that hole. It doesn't, in my world, it doesn't quite look the same, but ignore that. So you can make a patch request to update your information or to update your wall. And then you can delete. Delete in the CRUD is the same as the delete request or destroy is sometimes the other term for that request to, to remove information. Exactly. And most, as you said, most of the stuff that we do on the internet today falls typically into either get or post. Right. Okay. So today we're going to talk, we're going to punt for now the update and the delete. And we're, let's, we're going to talk about post and get, because as you just said, those are the two most common requests across the internet. So let's say we are requesting a video. We're going to YouTube because somebody sent us a link for the latest and greatest kitten video. And I want to see this video. So I go to the link and I make a get request to YouTube's server for this video. Videos are pretty big memory wise. So how are they getting that video to me? What, what is that response going to look like? Exactly. Right. If you're requesting a video, it's not going to be wise to send the whole video at once. If you're on a site like YouTube where you're streaming, you want to stream that content to send it all at once would be, you know, that would be done by a, you know, a single huge down, uh, download. But that's like moving a whole skyscraper down at once down the highway. It's going to be time consuming. It's going to take a lot of infrastructure. You're going to block traffic. So large amounts of data rather than being sent as one big piece, needs to be broken down into smaller chunks that could be better managed and better routed down the roads. And that's coming back to what we talked about earlier of packets. So those chunks of data are packets. I've heard packets, I've heard that term. And that's just referring to the information that's getting passed from a server to a client. Right. Okay, so what exactly is in this packet? So the packet gets its name in part because it's holding a small piece of something. In this case, it's holding a small piece of data. So it's you, you've taken a small piece of the whole thing that you're you're sending and you've packed it up into this into this packet uh, or into a datagram, and you put onto it the information that's needed by all the network layers to get it to where it needs to go. So you need the destination, you need the return address where it's coming from. You might need to include the request type so that it goes to the right uh, aspects of your session and application layer, and then maybe other details of the request. And if the packet is one of many, because the initial data, in this case our video, is a, a huge chunk of content, then we need to know which packet in the collection this is. What order does it belong in with regards to other packets? When you say request type, you're talking about that get or update or post. Exactly. So, okay, so that request type is going to be in that packet. Now, some of this sounds vaguely familiar to what we talked about last time with email, the return address and the destination address and the breaking down of a message into smaller components. Sounds awfully familiar. Why is that? When we talked about last time, when we talked about SMTP, the simple mail transport protocol, underneath that protocol, 
was also the TCP and IP protocols and the physical layers. All of these layers were, were below there. And so there's the same mechanisms that are there when we talked about sending email. They're here as well when we're talking about information flowing between machines. Okay, so the same routing is relevant. The, the idea of my message, or in this case, our video, is going to be broken up into smaller pieces. So we've got, I think last time we used the analogy of boxes, right? So we, we have this Lego construction, and it's a masterpiece, but it's too big to fit in a single box. So we're going to put it in smaller boxes, and each of those boxes is going to have the same return address and the same destination address. And in this case here, it's going to have the request type. So this is a, a GET request that's getting sent back and a bunch of other information, right, that we're not going to talk about today. And we have all these different packages and then TCP and IP takeover. Exactly right. And the, the different protocols are going to handle that as we go through it of, of the internet protocols going to handle the routing from which machine to which machine as it gets to the server or back to the client. And the TCP is going to make sure that delivery is guaranteed, that it makes it there in the right order, and it's going to propagate all the way up through our layers. Wow. So as I ponder that process, it occurs to me that right now within arm's reach of me, I have multiple computers, I have an iPhone, and I probably have a few iPads if I turned around. All of these different devices are capable of making a GET request, getting information back, and, and the information traveling travels along through each of the different layers we talked about. I think what is a mind-blowing realization, at least it was for me, is that each one of those devices has its own IP address right? Because if my computer makes a GET request, I want that information coming to my computer, not to my iPad. Exactly. So each device not only has its own IP address, but when it's getting the information, it has its own connection across the internet to its servers that it's interacting with. And so not only is the internet helping, you know, big businesses and all that, but it's also handling how you're getting your information on your device while I'm getting mine on my device or you know while people in our own house are getting theirs so all of us on our own devices on our own uh wi-fi at home we are all getting our information through several dedicated connections everything with its own ip address everything coordinated because of these protocols it's really amazing and, and totally mind-blowing at least to me and each just to repeat what you just said but each one of these devices as a, a request is made it's creating its own session with a server that those ones and zeros are going through the transport layer and the network layer and going across the wires and then up the layers on the other side it's it's really crazy to think how many ones and zeros are flying around all over the place all the time at insane speeds. Exactly. Okay, so, so far we've looked at a swimming pool where you can go down one side of the pool, across the water, and then exit on the other. Or in the computer terms, as, as we've also said, we have our client machine passing down information as a request, as a packet, through the different network layers. That information in the form of packets is traveling across the network, across physical layers as ones and zeros until it reaches the server and then it travels back up the network layers to get to the actual server machine. In reality, there are multiple stops along the way. So if we go back to the swimming pool analogy, 
So let's say it was a really, really big pool, like an Olympic size pool, right? And I don't know about you, but I am definitely not in Olympic uh, shape. So uh, I'm not going to be able to hold my breath. So if you were going to swim only under the water, you wouldn't be able to get all the way. I, you know, I wouldn't be able to get all the way across uh, on one breath, right? So I could climb down the ladder, get into the deep end, dive down, take, taking a deep breath before I go into the water and make a few strokes, you know, maybe I could get 10 meters out and then I'd have to, you know, come back up for air, right? So I go uh, back up to the surface, bob my head above the water, take a breath, maybe make sure that I'm still heading in the right direction and then duck back down and go back down to the bottom and can continue towards the other side. And I probably, you know, because I'm really out of shape, I probably have to do that a few more times as I go along, going up to the top, catch my breath, reorient, and then back down again. That, that pretty much sounds like my swimming experience. <laughs> so our poor fitness levels, what does that demonstrate for us in terms of what we're talking about today? So just in the same way that as we're swimming across the pool, we're going up for air, back down to the bottom, up for air, back down to the bottom. In the same way, the data that we're sending across the internet is also going to go up and down some of those layers, not all of them, but some of those layers as it's going to its destination, right? And just, just like when I'm swimming across, I don't need to get out of the pool when I stop for air. I just need to come up enough to get air, right? And so the packet also doesn't need to come up to the, to the application layer, but it does need to come up a few of the layers uh, to continue on its way. Okay, so I know the packets are not out of shape and they don't even have lungs. So it's not for the same reason. So let's get a, a little bit of a better understanding of what these packets are and what they look like from layer to layer to really understand why, why is that even necessary? Like why do they have to go up some of these layers as they're going from my computer to the server? So the packets are like putting a gift in a small box and then labeling that box and then placing that small box into a slightly larger box and providing that with its own label in the same way each network layer is like a new box with its own label and inside each of the boxes is the box that was passed to it from the previous layer so it's like nesting dolls and each doll has its own label okay so from the, the request is starting from my device at the application level so leaving out quite a bit of what is in the packet, we'll focus on just a few of the, the fields because there's a lot of information packed into the packets, no pun intended. That initial, that application layer is creating that initial small box. And the things we know it includes are the destination address, the return address, the content, right? What what it is, the information being passed, the, the type of request, and again, a number of other things. And now the application level is going to pass that information to the layer under it. Remember, each of these layers are distinct. They interact, but they're distinct in their job. So the application layer is passing that information to the next layer. And what does that next layer do with the information it just received? So each th that layer is going to take that information just received and it's going to break it up as needed, but it's going to wrap it in its own particular type of box. Yeah. So the session layer, we're skipping a layer. The session layer um, receives all that information and then it puts its own box around the information it just got. And then it puts the labeling information on the outside of that box. Right. And then 
after after the session has done that, then the transport layer is also going to have its type of box around that with its information that it needs to get packets to its uh, the final destination. And when it's packed up that way, it's then going to pass it down. It's going to pass it down to the network layer using the internet protocol, which is going to have its own box, its own information on the outside of that box that it will use as part of the internet protocol to transport the information through the network layer. So at each layer, let's say I'm at the IP layer, and I know that TCP just gave me this packet, this payload of information. I don't know anything about what's in this payload. I just know that I have this payload. So each layer is oblivious to the multiple layers that it might be holding. All it knows is that it has this layer and it's gonna put its wrapping on the outside. And the term for this, the concept for this is called encapsulation. Exactly, so your client machine packages its request at the application layer into what we call a datagram. And then that diagram will get passed on to the transport layer, which will then encapsulate that datagram. And that will create packet or multiple packets. And then those will have their own headers and the datagram itself as the body, as the content that it's trying to transport. So at the different layers, the term for this combination of information changes. Uh, at the transport layer, when we're dealing with TCP, it's called a packet. And very often, everybody just refers to it as a packet, regardless of where it is along the layers. If somebody refers to packet, they may not necessarily be talking about the transport layer. But technically speaking, a datagram is the term, the correct term for the data at the application layer. So now as this packet of information travels across the internet, it started at your computer, it's going to the server and along the way it's hitting different routers. And if we remember those routers are part of IP that's gonna make sure that there's a path from your computer to the router. When it hits each router, the router is going to unpack part of this packet. So again, we were thinking about boxes nested in boxes, encapsulated. The data is gonna travel up the layers from the physical to the network layer to the transport layer. And as it goes up each layer, the outside box gets opened in a sense. We're, we're kind of undoing that packaging until we get to the transport layer so that it can read the destination address. There's various things that the transport layer does. And again, we'll deal with TCP and IP in much more detail later. But just understand, as John was saying, it, as you're traveling across the pool and you're coming up for air, this is what the packet is doing as it comes up for air, so to speak. It's traveling up to the transport layer so that the routing can continue and eventually get the information to the correct server. Exactly. So just as when you, you know, you're in the pool and you hit, you get to the, the surface, you might find that you had veered off to the left or to the right and you need to turn slightly to get back on track. So the same thing can happen at, uh, in the network layer. It can figure out what is the next best step to take depending on the state of the machines, the state of the network, what new machines have connected, what old machines have become disconnected for whatever reason. It's real-time routing. And depending on the conditions of the network, it may take one of a number of paths. It makes me think of, John, we've known each other a long time. Surely we've been in classes together where somebody was passing a note to somebody because they like them or whatever juvenile junior high thing we were doing. So, all right, we're sitting in a classroom. 
everybody's in rows, the teacher's in the front. I don't know what a classroom looks like today, but let's imagine if you're at all close to our age, at some point people sat in actual desks, right, in rows, and there was a teacher in the front. And uh, Joe in the front left corner wanted to pass a note to Sally in the back right corner saying, I think you're pretty. That's probably about how it went, right? And Joe wrote the note. He folded it, packaging it up. On the outside, he wrote Sally's name from Joe. So we have the destination and where it came from. And now how is he going to get it to Sally? Is he going to like throw it or like stand up and walk over there? Yeah. So if you think back to those days, you want to make a very subtle, slight, hidden move as short as possible. So you're probably going to go for one of the people that's sitting right next to you. So either person to Joe's right or behind him, or maybe if you have to, to the person kitty corner from them. So it's a pretty short hop. And when that next person gets the note, they don't know what to do with it unless they look at that name on the outside, right? And then when they look at the name on the outside and they see Sally and they go, oh yeah, Sally's over there to my right, they're probably going to make the next best choice to get this note closer to Sally. So if if I were Joe and I handed the note to the person behind me, that person's very unlikely to pass it forward to the person to my right because that would not get it any closer to Sally. So they're more likely to pass it either to the person behind them or the person to their right just to get it a little bit closer to Sally. And all things being equal. Now, some people in the class may have a vested interest in how Sally responds, but let's pretend that everybody doesn't really care other than passing the note. Joe cares a lot. Sally doesn't know anything that's happening yet, but everybody else in between, when they get the note, they make the next best choice to route this note. And then once they pass that, they really don't care what happens after that, do they? Right. So there's, among kids, it's, it's a more of an altruistic thing, but if we, going with the analogy here for the internet, yeah, the, the kids here are, are largely going to be indifferent. Uh, and so they'll just do their best to get it closer to the target. Uh, they're not going to be malicious, but that once they pass it off, they're done with it. So they do their job. And this is, analogies always fall short. But if we're thinking about IP, right, IP is just going to make sure that there is a route. We're ignoring TCP in a sense because the intermediary routers are not handling if the note gets lost. They're going to pass it and, and be done with it. And every hop, hopefully, is getting closer and then there was always that one kid, John, who like you knew if they <laughs> saw, they would totally rat you out, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody knows who that kid is and they're probably going to avoid routing it that way, right? So there's like, you could say network congestion in that direction or, you know, the very studious person who would be oblivious if you poked them because they were so focused on the teacher. Routing through them is not going to be a good choice either because it's going to slow down the process. Or if you have that teacher that's pacing up and down the rows, depending on where they are in the room, you might not be able to pass it to certain people without getting noticed. So that might limit your options. That's a good point. But every kid in this room, except for the snitch, knows what to do when they get a note, right? Like there's an agreed upon protocol, and I don't even think it was ever explained. You just, everybody knows if you get a piece of paper on your desk, fold it up, and there's a name on it, your job is to pass it on. And everybody knows this, and everybody is going to do their part to make sure that that note gets delivered. Exactly right. And once it does get to the end recipient, so once it does get to Sally, 
then she will unpack the note and be able to read it. And so just in the same way, going back to the original question about, you know, looking up the weather, when we look up the weather on our, our phones, we're asking, we're passing our note to the weather server of what's today's weather. And that request goes across the internet. No one knows that that's what we're requesting. The various layers are just passing that forward to get as close and fastest to the weather server as possible. The weather server then writes down what the weather's going to be. And that comes back to us. Again, the layers are indifferent to what the actual weather is going to be that day. And so the information just comes right back to us. And when it finally gets back to our device, it will go back up the layers into the application layer. And then the information gets displayed on our phone. So only those two endpoints, whether it's our client machine and the server or it's Joe and Sally, only the two endpoints are ever going to view the entire message. Everybody in between is just going to read as much as is necessary to continue routing the message. Okay, but what happens when that teacher turns around at an unexpected time just as your hand reached across the aisle to pass the note to the person next to you? This was not the agreed upon protocol. Right. So this is not the, the correct protocol. This is like a hacker that's in the, in the system who has sniffed out the note and intercepted it. Maybe teacher has gotten it. Maybe some malicious student or some nosy student has decided to open the note before it gets to Sally. Yeah. And the repercussions of that are a story for another day. <laughs>